Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Well, I'm glad to be able to spend the next few moments with you. If we've never met before, my name's Hillary. I'm the executive pastor here at Word of Life Fondren, and welcome. Okay, thanks. (laughs) But thank you guys for being here, for coming out at a at a PM service. It's rainy, it's humid, but you guys came anyway, so favors on the way. I have a feeling. (laughs) Well, I'm excited to share with you guys tonight. I, you know, I speak to you like a sister, like a friend. I hope that's okay. If I don't make any sense, just let me know. Just be like, girl, what was that? And I'll do my best to address it and try to fix it and make it better. I won't make any promises, but you guys can pull me aside afterwards. I I welcome correction. It's fine. (laughs) But I am stoked to be here, honored that Pastor Joel asked me to share. And um, yeah, I just want to pray real quick and we'll jump right in. Sound good? Well, Lord, thank you for tonight. I thank you that you have a word for such a time as this, Lord. And I thank you that um, it will land on the hearts of your people. I get out of the way. We yield to you and um, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen. I'm very, like, communal, if you can't tell. (laughs) Um, But yeah, when I was, you know, preparing for tonight and studying, I was asking the Lord, like, what is it that you want to share with your people, what, what, what can I say? You know, what do you want to say? And I was reviewing and praying and several themes kept coming up, but one in particular came up, well, a word did, and it was the word isolation. And yeah, that's not cute. I was like, really, Lord? Couldn't give me something a little more fun? A little more Hillary? Nothing like triumph, victory, party, nothing, not not like that. He said isolation. I said, okay, sir, if that's what you want. (laughs) And, you know, in, in meditating on that and thinking about it, I was reminded that, you know, we all are gonna face isolation at some at some point. You probably already have faced it, and some of you are in this place, you're dealing with that right now. That isolation, that loneliness, that that feeling that eats at the pit of your stomach. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I hate that you know, but at least I'm making sense, right? And as I was studying, the Lord was just reminding me the difference in in isolation and solitude. And isolation is when you're alone uh, and not always by choice. Solitude is when you like make the conscious effort to step away and, and get centered. Isolation is when you're cast out, when you're, you're put out. Um, sometimes you feel hopeless, you feel alone, you feel lonely, and it's, it's not cute, not the fun word that I wanted, but it's real, and, and it does exist. And I know that it's, I don't know if this is a word for someone who's going through it right now or for something that's going to come. So maybe this is a way to prepare our hearts and minds as we head into this next season. Um, but I, I had to think about the times that I felt isolated. And so the Lord took me back to the first time I felt isolated and alone. 
And I was the ripe young age of like, I want to say five, okay? My mom had picked me up from school, from like after school care, and I was really excited to tell her about my day because first grade is sensational. We've all been there. It's a great time. And so I had a lot of detail that I wanted to tell her. If you can't tell, I'm an extrovert, always have been, probably always will be. I like to share details, and especially when I was younger, I did not know how to stop talking. Like on my report card, that was always like needs improvement, like talks way too much. But, and then they gave me a microphone, so we'll see how it goes tonight. But I remember being that age and I was in the car with my mom and I'm just telling her about my day, talk, 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 talking, because so much goes on in the first grade you wouldn't believe. And she had to know every single detail from the person that I talked to, the book that I read, the word that I spelled wrong. And finally she went, Hillary. And I was like, <laughs> she said, I just need, we just need a little quiet time. My own mother, she silenced me. And I don't know what kind of mom you had, but with my mom, you don't argue. That's not a thing, right? Okay, so what could I do but sit in the back seat and look out the window in silence, cut off from any human interaction? It was crazy, all right? I was so upset. Every time I would go to say something, she would shake her head, and I was like, all right. And I know now that I'm older, that wasn't really isolation. But I did learn the power of silence and sometimes how deafening it can be and, and how hard it can be to face it, right? So, so fast forward a few years when I actually have to deal with isolation for real, not just me being dramatic because I'm also a touch dramatic, but it's fine. It's fine. It works out. It makes for a good story. And I was facing loneliness in the strangest way because it comes to us in all different ways, right? Sometimes you feel lonely at school. Sometimes you feel lonely in friendships. For me, the first time I had to deal with isolation and loneliness, I, I was actually at the kitchen table because my parents, my parents were divorced and I would go to my dad's every Wednesday and every other weekend and we would have family dinner. But I was so little and so young and the rules were just so different from one house to the other. Like, at my mom's, I could paint my nails funky colors. At my dad's, they hated that. <laughs> and so if I had crazy nail polish, they'd be like, take it off. And I was like, oh, okay. Or if my mom would give me, okay, so also a little insight, I'm my mom's baby, her youngest, so treatment was a little different. With my dad, I'm like smack dab in the middle. All my middle children, you know what's up. It's different. <laughs> And so I, the rules were just so different. The culture was so different, and I was stuck in this in-between, and I didn't know what to do. And it, when I would get to dinner, I, I just didn't know how to respond, so I would just be silent. Me, not speaking at all. Like, mute. Shocking, I know. And I felt, I remember feeling so distant from the people at my table. And it was a full table. It was my dad, I have two little sisters, my stepmom, but I felt like I was so far away. Have you ever felt that way? Like the world is rushing around you, but you're just like stuck. And because I didn't know how to respond, I didn't know how to answer the questions that they were asking. Or if I did answer, it seemed like it didn't matter or I said something wrong. And I was just stuck in this silent place. And it was difficult. 
it was really challenging and it was confusing. And I remember just talking about it when I was younger, just saying I felt lonely. And you know, people would be like, well, how could you feel that way? You have people all around you. But that's the thing, loneliness is a trick. Isolation is a trick and it'll make you feel alone even when you're surrounded by people who love you and who care for you. And if you're going through that now, you need to know that you are being tricked. You can open your eyes to see what devices the enemy is using to distract you, to pull you down, to, to make you cut away from where you're meant to be and who you're supposed to be around. He will distract you from conversations that you're supposed to be in, from meetings that you're supposed to go to, from relationships that you are supposed to have and the ones that you're supposed to walk away from. But if we know what the enemy is trying to do, we can learn how to address it. Because even little Hillary at six, seven years old, silent at a table, she was not alone, right? I had my dad there who loves me, but I also had my heavenly father who was right there with me. And I, I wish I'd knew, known him a little bit better then so that I could have that comfort and so that I could have my confidence restored to, to speak, you know? But I know now. And now I will not be silenced at a table. I will not be silenced when I feel alone. I'm, I'm even more prompted to speak because I'm like, I will not be tricked again. And I will not be fooled again. And you don't have to be fooled again. And I know it's a little easier said than done. You might be feeling isolated for any number of reasons. It could be because you're in a new place and you don't know anyone. It could be because there's an argument that you can't let go of or that keeps coming up. You can feel lonely because of fear, afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, so you just pull away. Afraid of heartbreak, right? You don't wanna trust someone again because it hurt too much, so instead you will pull away from maybe what God has that's just for you. But I know that God, he restores. God is a God who is with us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of every trial, in the middle of every mess up. He's right there. And if you don't believe that, I can believe that for you. You are so, we are so fortunate to be in a community. And if this isn't your community, highly suggest you make it yours because it is the best. 100% <laughs> biased, I know, but I, I just have a feeling. But if you don't believe that, we will hold hands with you and believe it for you until you do. You actually aren't alone. You might feel a little separated or a little uncomfortable, but you are not by yourself. You have someone who is watching over you, looking out for you, lining up people to help you, pouring out doses of confidence and grace and favor over your life. And when I think about being let down or being isolated because something happened, I'm reminded of our word. And it says in Joshua, good old Joshua. If you don't know him, he was like the right hand to Moses. You know, Moses, let my people go, Moses. And <laughs> he did everything for him. 
He was confident he would fight battles. He would go up against giants. He would, you know, he went from being enslaved to being free to trekking through a desert for too long, but did it with such passion and zeal. And in the middle of all that, of him fighting, trying to get to his promise because he knows what God has promised him, what what God has promised his people, Moses dies. Can you imagine that? Everything's lining up. Your situation is about to change and you're so close to the next thing, to the new thing, and then devastation hits. When I think of that, that story, that period in his life, I see the parent that's going through divorce where everything is going well and then that devastation hits. I see the student who's going to school for the first time and they're in a new city, a new town, and they don't know anyone. And they thought it was gonna be a lot easier getting into community than it actually is. That devastation is hit. I see that, that child that has to step up because Family is not what it's supposed to be. And whenever those things happen, when that devastation hits, isolation is just like in your ear, like a, like a fly, like a bee, an annoying insect. <laughs> and it's, it's trying to drag you away from what you're supposed to be. It's trying to keep putting the, the bad news in front of you so that you can't see through to the promised land. But if we look at Joshua 1, and then in verse 5, the Lord was right there with Joshua as soon as devastation hit. See, Joshua was appointed to to take over for Moses, too. New responsibility. And the Lord said, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is saying that over you as well. In the face of devastation, in the face of loneliness, of isolation, the Lord is saying, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want to encourage you, if you're facing that, or if it's going to come later, Cling to that verse, Joshua 1.5. Cling to it. Put your name in there. Hillary, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hillary. Make it personal. That's what's going to change your situation. That's what's going to change your circumstance and will bring you that comfort that you need, but that also the Lord is so, so willing to give you. Amen. <laughs> and it's so, it's so good to know that, that God cares. He's been doing this since forever. It's not new. But it might feel new. You might be sitting in this place. I've never known a God who was for me. Turn that around here and now. That is a lie of loneliness. God is for you. He is with you. So in the midnight hour, remind yourself that no one will be able to stand against you in the dark all the days of your life. 
in the middle of depression, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. In the middle of heartache, remember that no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Cling to that hope. Do not be hopeless. When I was studying, there's like a theme. I feel like we all have themes when you read the word that like, like constantly come up for you over years of studying and getting to know the Lord. And something that has just always been so big in me is, you know, just dead things coming to life. I, just the vision of it. God calling things that were dry and dead, and he's telling them to spring up. Not only to spring up, but to walk. And I, it just, it gets me so excited because I've had dreams that I've let die, but I know the Lord is saying, get up and walk. I've had relationships that have died that weren't even supposed to. And the Lord is saying, get up and walk because restoration is, is there, is eminent. You know, and I just, I want to read that as well. It's Ezekiel 37 and it's the Valley of Dry Bones. If you guys know the song Rattle, it's like my jam and has been for years. I screamed it at Highland Colony for like seven months. It was amazing. Highly recommend, listen to it if you haven't. But I know this is a long passage, but just go on the journey with me, okay? (laughs) So it's Ezekiel 37, we'll start at verse one. And it says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he, the Lord, said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Amen. God be shouting. So verse 11, I know it's a lot, but bear with me. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I love that because these bones didn't even realize once they were made flesh, the miracle that had happened in them. 
They had to be prophesied to. They had to be spoken to. They were hopeless. Doesn't get more hopeless than being dead, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Just bones, which means you've been dead for a minute. <laughs> so I get a little grace for them. They've just risen, right? And they're like, man, it's been rough, huh? But they were reminded whose they were, who was fighting for them, who was on their behalf, who breathed life into them. The same is true for you. You may not be dry bones, but you may have felt like some dry bones. Life may have taken you out one way or another, but God is breathing the breath of life into you, taking you from the pit to your glory, to your promise. They were dead and God said, no, rise. You are my people. Your promise is coming. The same is true for you. You are God's people. Your promise is coming. And Pastor Dole says this all the time. If it's not good, then God's not done. We got to believe that in this season. We have to believe that in the wake of isolation and loneliness, that if it's not good, God's not done. So what do we do? Do we give up? We prophesy to our dead bones. To, we have to speak to our dead dreams. We have to speak to the hopeless situations and say the breath of life is in you. Rise in the name of Jesus. If he can bring literal skeletons to life, put flesh and skin and breath and blood and all the things that go into our bodies, which is like crazy. I was really bad at human AMP, but it's a lot. <laughs> and if God can do all of that, don't you think he can restore your relationship with your kids? Don't you think he can restore relationships with parents? Don't you think he can restore your finances even when you've messed up? Don't you think he can restore your health? Because you're not dry bones. You're breathing. You're walking. This is why we can shout when it comes to worship. This is why we get to praise out loud and raise hallelujahs because our promise is coming. God will not leave you nor forsake you all the days of your life. And even on the brink of death, what might feel like death, God is right there. He's saying, come alive, dry bones. I think about another time I felt isolated. And a lot of this has to do with my like extrovertedness and not being able to be by myself for too, too long. And I don't know if you guys remember that snowstorm like two years ago that was awful in 2001. It was really, really bad. Like iced everything. You couldn't move. My mom lived on a hill. She couldn't get, get down her hill to get groceries. Um, but she got some beforehand, so we're good. And I was actually in Texas at the time, in Houston, and Texas was like wrecked by the storm. The power grid couldn't handle it, power was out. My brother, he lives in Austin, Texas, and he was without power and water for four days. Like, bad. And so when it finally came to Houston, because Houston's a little further south, um, I lost power. I had a little bit of water, but I lost power for like a day. Boy, I tell you, by like 10 a.m., I was over it. I was like, this is lonely. Because <laughs> I was by myself in my apartment. I was like, man, I should have like, 
isolated with someone down the street, a neighbor, something. I was just by myself. It was so quiet. I didn't want to use my phone because I didn't know when power was going to come back. So I had to make sure it had power. I was not cut out for it at all. Tell you the truth. I literally risked it at like 4 p.m. I was like, I'm driving to the next town because I heard they had cell service. I drove on icy streets for like 22 minutes just to call my mom and be like, how's it going over there? And I, I just remember being, telling her, I'm like, this is terrible. Like, how do people do this? Just sit with their thoughts, sit by themselves, by choice, all the time. And she was like, Hillary, you have to do that. Like, that's healthy. And I was like, eh, I'll be the judge of that, right? But I remember her telling me, you know, you're not really by yourself. She was making a little joke because I have a cat and she was with me, but she also meant that the Lord was with me during that time. He even kept me so that I could drive down icy roads just to call my mom for some social interaction. If you're in the middle of a storm, if you're in the middle of a blizzard and your power is being cut off, you have no water, and you're by yourself, remember, you're not really alone. God is with you. He will protect you. He will even carry you to your next destination, even if you do it when it's really risky. Don't recommend that. But he's there for you in every situation. And that wasn't even like for real isolation. That was just me being like, I don't know, me. <laughs> but it's true. God is with you and he is for you in every storm, in every season. And I just, I wanted to remind you of that tonight. I think sometimes we forget. I know I've forgotten. We talked about it a little bit this morning. We were um, singing a song, um, Here's My Worship, All of My Worship. And there's a part in it where it says, as long as I'm still breathing, I will worship you. And I had to repent right there on the floor in the middle of worship. I was like, as long as, and I was like, mm, ooh, okay. Because I let my circumstance stop my praise. I'd let things going on around me distract me from what I knew I was supposed to do. And so as I was singing that, as long as I'm still breathing, I'll worship you. And I was like, man, I've missed it. Because I've been breathing for a minute, and I wasn't worshiping you the way that I know that I was supposed to. And I had to apologize to God for getting distracted. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't malicious. I'm not upset with God. I'm not, I don't feel isolated or alone, but I let the busyness of my world separate me from God. And that is an isolation that I don't want to know. I don't want that to ever get so deep that I forget to worship God. Because that's a trick of the enemy. He's crafty. He used my busyness to keep me from God. But not anymore. And I want to remind you of that too. It, it looks so different. It can look different. So many different ways. You know, it might be your kitchen table. It might be work. But if you take a moment to pause, to check your heart, and lean into God, 
that situation will change. Isolation is no match for the Lord. Isolation is no match for praise and for worship. Open your mouth. Speak to the dry bones. Sing to the dry bones if you must. Your situation will and has to change. I'm going to invite the worship team back up, and I know we're going to praise a little more. But I want to encourage you, let it mean something to you. You don't have to shout and jump and clap and all that if that's not you. The Lord wants your authentic worship, not what you feel like you should be doing because some of us are a little enthusiastic. (laughs) But this is a safe space for you to be yourself, to come to God, to repent if you need to repent, and just to sing praises unto him and watch your situation change. Watch loneliness disappear. Watch despair walk out of these doors. And they will not be waiting for you in that parking lot. I believe that for you. And I'm claiming that for you. So I'd like to pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you've never left us and you never will. Lord, I thank you that loneliness is no match for the light of the Lord. And I speak light over every single person that's in this place. I'd like to to make the invitation tonight. If you don't know the Lord, and you don't know the Lord in this way, he will rescue you and fight for you. Now's the time to get to know him, to choose him. If you feel that stirring in your heart, I need that God in my life. Would you just raise your hand? No one's looking. It's just between you and the Lord. Maybe you're like me and you've been distracted by your schedule, by what's going on, and you want to come back to Jesus, invite him back. Now's that time to do that. And if that's you, would you just lift your hand quickly? Thank you for those hands. God sees you. He will never leave you. He's always fighting for you. I'd like to invite you all to pray with me. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Father, thank you for never leaving me, for seeing me when I was dead and dry. Thank you for new life. I thank you for your son Jesus who died and rose again for me so that I could walk in this new life. I thank you for who you are. And my best days start right now. So, amen. Amen.